Sports Fix. What's up, gang? Welcome back to Sports Fix. I am your host, Ben Cullen. The Tokyo Paralympics got underway on Tuesday. COVID-19 cases are rising in Japan and all parties are acknowledging that there is still a challenge ahead. Supporters are unable to attend, apart from a small number of school children. And of course, these games will be different to any previous edition. Tokyo is actually the first city to stage two Paralympic Games, having hosted the 1964 edition, when 375 athletes from 21 nations took part in nine sports. This time around, 4,400 athletes from 162 national Paralympic committees will compete in 539 medal events across 22 sports. A huge occasion. All will be eager to put the turbulent events of the past 18 months behind them and show the rest of the world what they can do as Paralympians on the biggest stage of all. Good luck to all 24 Hong Kong athletes that are headed over to Tokyo. We are all behind you. Mikhail Antonio stands alone at the top of the list of the West Ham's Premier League goal scorers. So it's fitting that he danced with himself under the London Stadium lights on Monday night. After scoring his 48th top flight goal for the Hammers in a 4-1 win over Leicester, the striker celebrated surpassing Paolo Di Canio's record by waltzing with, lifting and kissing a cardboard cutout of himself. He said, we were talking earlier in the week and I said, you know what would be the best celebration? Save the last dance. Maybe somebody could pick me up like baby, but I got a cardboard cutout and picked that up. However, in the delirium of becoming a record breaker, he can be given for some confusion. Antonio appeared to have mixed up his dance theme movies. Baby and the iconic lift is from the 1980s blockbuster Dirty Dancing, rather than Save the Last Dance. Well done, and we'll forgive you, Mikhail. World number one Ashley Barty warmed up for the US Open by clinching the Cincinnati Open with a straight set win in the final. Barty produced a polished performance to beat the 24-year-old Swiss wildcard 6-3-6-1. The Australian managed eight aces and 28 winners as she cruised to another commanding victory. It is the fifth title of the season for Barty, whose favourite to add the US Open title to her Wimbledon crown. Barty took control halfway through the first set and was rarely troubled from there as she won the opening five games of the second. To my team, we've been on the road for nearly six months, but it's been a joy every single day. So thank you for hanging in there with me, Barty said. It's been awesome. You've kept me in one place and we've certainly enjoyed every single minute. We now welcome back Dr. Kim Carter to the studio. Talk to us about your first MMA fight. Sure. Um, So my first MMA fight was in 2013 and I just joined Epic at the time and I'd done a little bit of boxing and earlier that year I'd actually watched Ramona in a a Muay Thai fight out in Kowloon and seeing her fight made me quite hungry. I was like, God, like, yeah, like I missed that. I forgot how, how fun like that is. Um, Just, you know, you one other person going for it. And and then, yes, yeah, so I was at Epic training a bit. And then someone, one of the instructors who was also a fight promoter came up to me. He was like, you know, hey, Kim, like, do you want to fight? I was like, okay, yeah, I could train for something three months. Being quite consistent with my boxing at that point. By the way, it's, it's MMA. He's like, oh, and by the way, your opponent is a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. And how much do you weigh? Okay, you have to lose 10 kg. 
I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So I got down the, I got down the weight. I um, all, It's a pretty funny checklist there. Yeah. All of that is fairly daunting to most people. And you're like, no, I'll take a blue belt. Uh, sure, I'll do MMA. And yeah, no worries. Yeah. I'll lose the weight. So I, and I, was, I was 23 at the time. And yeah, I was just I was down for it. I've always been down for challenging myself and yeah. seeing what I'm capable of. Because I've always had this belief within me that that there's more to me than I even realize. And a little bit with a chip on my shoulder, feeling like I have to prove something, which, I mean, I've gone to therapy and come to peace with at this point. But sometimes that fire has been really useful in, me, in with me being like, why not? Like, why, what's the worst that can happen, yeah. right? Like, let's, let's push the envelope. Let's see what life has to throw back at me if this is the energy that I give it. And um, the the training for it was was so much fun. I'm, I'm very goal oriented. I like having a goal, working towards something, and just going on that journey. And then when it was actual like fight day, it's just yeah, you work so hard for that one moment, and it's um, and it, obviously the the narcissist in me is like all oh, lads on me, right? Like yeah. it's fun. It's a it's a celebration of all your hard work, and you've got a a huge crowd of people cheering for for you and for the entertainment value that we we've seen with the UFC is so popular and that we're also drawn to right it's very um gladiator-esque yeah it was a I mean one of the best days of my life I've, every time I fought well, I've had two fights it's definitely like up there uh so I, I lost the fight by by decision but it was um yeah phenomenal experience and a real turning point in my life I'd say Loved it. And then you decided to, to have another go, this time without the head guard. Yeah. Um, and the why not was now a little bit more serious, but For you sure. still had a crack. For sure. So I continued training after that. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is so... I loved the... Um, I, I fell in love with jiu-jitsu. I'm like, wow, like this... I, I was training for a little bit. I was like, wow, like, I know nothing. I know nothing. And then 18 months in... I'm like damn like I thought I knew nothing then I'm like now I really know I know nothing right there's just so much more so much more to learn um yeah continue training doing everything I would be I like I didn't realize this at the time but now like people who knew me then were like yeah you had a reputation for being a little bit of a maniac in the gym because I was just I had so much energy I was so fired up and like doing I would because I was also working at peak school at the time so I'd be in the gym at like, you know, 6, 6 a.m. And then I'd go to work and then I'd come back and then I'd like be there for a few hours. And um, I mean, if you have the energy. Everyone's like, why are you still here? <laughs> go, go home. home. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, definitely. If you have the energy, use it. Right. Because as you, I'm sure as, as an athlete who ages, right, you're like, well, there's definitely less gas in the tank. Right. And the oh, I feel you. Right, and recovery gets harder. Right? I think that's the, the thing. I don't think there's less. I don't think I've got less in me right now, but it takes longer to recover. That's a fact. Yeah. But in your early 20s, there's just this, you're like, let's go. Yeah. Right. And, and it, you can. Yeah. And it's, um, I remember people like, oh, like, do you want to nurse that injury? I'm like, no. Right. And you make a kind of judgment call about them telling you to nurse that injury. In hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah. I get it now. I'm in my 30s. I'm like, this janky shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I get it all now. 
Yeah. So anyway, so I, I continued training, and then in 2015, the same fight promoter came came back to me. He's like, Kim, we're going to put on the first professional women's MMA fight here in Hong Kong. Like, are you, are you are you keen to do it? Here's a weight class. Here's your opponent. And um, again, that chip on my shoulder was like, show show them you're the best. Yeah. And I was like, okay. She doesn't know what's coming. Yeah, and I was I was an underdog going into that um, because she had a very and, and she, this woman did a fantastic job of she had a very prominent reputation and um, and again I always felt like I'd been shortchanged and people didn't recognize my strengths and I was like I know I can outwork anyone because I I, I know me but I sometimes would feel like people I sometimes would feel like people didn't recognize my strengths the same way I recognize them. So MMA was a great way for me to show people what I was made of. Yeah. Um, until then, like after that fight, I was like, I'm, I'm good. I've got nothing left to. I've got nothing left to prove. Um, and because that, that that fight I won. So that fight, it was a much. It was at the Queen Elizabeth Stadium, so a much bigger arena. So you did the one fight and then hung up the gloves. Um, not intentionally. So that was also the first year of my PhD program, and. To say I was spread thin would be a bit of an understatement. Yeah, no doubt. And I, because um, I was, I was studying like a maniac. I, I was training like a maniac. I was still working a full time job because you have you have to survive in you the city. You have to pay the bills, right? Um, and and I just started the doctorate program. Mm. And in the doctorate program, I was again spread so thin. I had some fantastic like friends who were really helping me fill the gaps with homework and studying. Um, but work was kind of like noticing I was slipping and then I was like, what do I do with, with MMA? I did get a few like fight offers come through with like some fights in Guam or something in China. And then, you know, I'd, I'd look up these opponents and like figure out like, okay, do I, do I want to do this? What's going on? And I realized like, I, if I'm going to pursue this and go down this path, I can't do this part time. I have to make a choice. And it was a really, really, really difficult choice to make. Right, that, that I, I could be doing that, but it's like no, no, Kim. Like you made a choice. You yeah, made yeah, a choice. and you know to be you need to be a piece of that now. Fantastic, loved it. That's an amazing story. Now, what we like to do every week is we ask our guests to give some advice to our younger audience, and I know this is particularly special for you because that's who you like working with yeah. for the most part and influencing the the teenagers. So my question is, what advice do you have for a young athlete that's looking to be successful in their sport? that's mm-hmm. perhaps not often spoken about or overlooked. It's a, success takes compromise and sacrifice. So I think, you know, what are you willing to, to sacrifice and to be to be okay with that? And the pursuit of excellence does require like, folk, tunnel focus and being being ready, ready to do that and picking the thing that you want to pursue and, and giving your 100% of that. Thank you, Kim. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We're excited for everybody to hear this and good luck with your jiu-jitsu journey and in your professional life as well. We're rooting for you to get a black belt inside 10 years. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's the beauty so, of it. It is. Come train. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Good ben. to chat to you. Cheers. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. The summer break is over and the F1 circus comes together for the second half of the season. The top two go head-to-head once again in what has been a twisted and enthralling rivalry this year. The battle for third is also of great interest, with Lando Norris keeping the second-string Mercedes and Red Bull drivers out of the top three. 
The Belgian Grand Prix is my hottest ticket in the world this week. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your sports fix next week. Join Ben every Friday for our very own sports fix here in the Common Room. Common Room with Alison Howe. Common Room with Alison Howe.